Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Praise the Lord. Psalm 23. I feel like I have a word for somebody today. Somebody say amen. Psalm 23. And we'll start reading at verse 1. Praise God. If you don't have your Bible, we have it on the screen uh, for you to follow along. Psalm 23 and verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Amen. How many know the Lord is the only one that can restore your soul? He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for my name's sake. Now notice in the first couple verses that the Lord is leading me. Amen. He's leading the psalmist to green pastures beside the still waters. He's leading him in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Amen. But then verse 4, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. There are some places that we go that were not created by God. Come on, somebody. The first couple of places that he led him to, the Lord took him there. But when it came to the valley of the shadow of death, he says, yea, though I walk there, right? It doesn't say that the Lord led him there. But even though God didn't lead him there, He says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Come on, somebody. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. Stepping out of the shadows. Stepping out of the shadows. I wonder if we could lay our Bibles down for just a moment. Lift our hands unto the Lord and just ask him to speak to you right now one more time. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that your will would be done in this place. God, I loose your word to have free course and preeminence in this house today. I loose your will to be done in every heart and every life. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your anointing would flow unrestricted, unrestrained. Anoint me, God, with a coal off of the altar. Anoint me with creativity. Anoint me with fire, Lord, to preach your word. Anoint every eye to see, every ear to hear, and every heart to be understanding of your word. And we pray that 
that the, your word would not return void, but it would accomplish all that you have sent it to accomplish. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Somebody say praise the Lord. Some, some of you probably wonder why I pause for the first couple seconds as everybody's seated and all that. They say that most people don't hear what the preacher says for the first minute and a half that he's talking. Because they're, because they're settling in and, you know, getting all their stuff handled. So get your stuff handled. <laughs> Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Amen. This passage of Scripture we typically use for uh, funerals. It's one of the, uh, the most used scriptures when it comes to uh, graveside services and, and ministering to people in their uh, state of mourning. Amen. Uh, the Psalm 23 has many uh, precious promises from the Lord, our shepherd. Amen. How many know he is our shepherd? Amen. It's, uh, uh, it's typically used to uh, try to bring hope to those that uh, that are experiencing a loss uh, in some way. But uh, how many know that we suffer many losses in life, not just death? Amen. If you've lived life very long, then you've suffered uh, a great loss. Somebody say amen. Um, it, is, uh, um, it is the valley that I want to preach about this morning. It is the valleys that sometimes we walk through that we don't understand. It's the valley sometimes that we've chosen to walk through that we can't get out of. Somebody say amen. It's the valley that's dark. It's the valley that's treacherous. It's the valley where we seemingly stumble about without any answers for our life. The psalmist, when he was writing this passage of Scripture, theologians say that he was speaking of an ancient trail that leads up to Jerusalem, which climbs above the deep precipice. Amen. There's a, there's a deep, dark gorge along this valley road that many people fall into. Gee, uh, they, they call this the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. Theologians say that David had this scene in mind when he wrote Psalm 23. When walking the narrow trail, weary pilgrims going to Jerusalem could easily slip and fall into the deep canyon below. Or robbers might assault them from the huge boulders on the mountainside. It was a dreaded, fearful, and dangerous part of the upward climb to the holy city. Amen. David may have been talking about a particular valley that when he was writing this passage of Scripture, but to me it speaks of the paths that we must walk in this life. Come on, somebody. That are seemingly filled with uncertainty, 
uncertainty and darkness, like uh, uh, walking through circumstances and situations that we don't understand. Yeah, I know that death is a big part when you talk about the valley of the shadow of death. We understand that death uh, casts a shadow. Somebody say it casts a shadow. It casts a shadow over all that come beneath it. Amen. Death is one of the greatest uh, uh, challenges of this life. Amen. We all understand that it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Somebody say amen. Every one of us are going to cross that path. Every one of us are going to come to that crossroads. Every one of us are going to deal with this at some point in our lives. But it's not necessarily death that I want to talk about today. It's the shadow of death. Somebody say the shadow of death. What is a shadow? A shadow is cast upon something when something gets between it and the light. Amen. We understand that with the moving of the earth and all that's in the heavens that there are shadows that are being cast. How many know the sun rises in the east and it sets in the west and as it's making its way across uh, the sky or the heavens, the shadows begin to shift one way or the other based on where the light's at. Amen. How many know that if I'm standing here and the sun's shining through this window and Skylar steps between me and the light, it will cast a shadow over me. Amen. Shadows are created or cast when something steps between you and the light. Come on, somebody. Death has a lot of questions that come with it. It has a, a lot of unanswered questions. It it has a, a lot of uncertainty that comes with it. And when it comes, the reason the psalmist is describing the shadow of death is because in the shadow of death, there's seemingly no answers. Amen. There's seemingly no way out. Amen. There's seemingly no end to the pain or the struggle. Amen. But he said, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because the Lord is with me. Amen. Understand today that regardless of where you're at or what shadow you may be under today, God will not leave you or forsake you. Regardless of what you're going through or what you're struggling with, the hand of God is upon you. The eyes of the Lord are upon you. He sees your every step. He knows your every thought. He knows the destination that he has created for you. And it is, it is his plan and his will to bring you through the valley. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. Many things cost a sh cast a shadow. Amen. Loss cast a shadow. How many have experienced loss in your life? Loss of a job cast shadow. Amen. Loss of a relationship Cast shadow. Loss of friendships. Uh, loss of uh, worldly things, cars and, and finances. 
And all that that is can cast a shadow. Somebody say amen. Uh, Situations that we don't understand. Sometimes situations that we put ourselves in can cast shadows upon our lives. Amen. Uh, Addiction can cast a shadow. Amen. Uh, Sin cast a shadow. How many know that uh, in Scripture that sin is compared to death? The wages of sin is death. Come on. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the finishing of that Scripture. Amen. Understand that there's many things that can step between us and the light. Amen. There are many things that can come between us and our God. How many know that he is the light? Amen. God is light. Uh, in John, 1 John 1 and 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. We have to understand that if you're living in a shadow today, that it was not caused by God. Come on, if you're living under a shadow today, a shadow of depression, a shadow of uncertainty, a shadow of of oppression, a shadow of addiction, or a shadow of death, or loss of some sort, we have to understand that it was not caused by God, because in God there is no darkness. Somebody say, there's no darkness in the Lord. In fact, he is the light. Amen. Our God is the light. Somebody say, he's the light. Amen. James 1 and 17 says it this way. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of light with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Understand today that God does not change. God does not move. There is no variation of God. He doesn't change his character of who he is and how he operates. He is the God of everything, and his light never quits shining. Amen. Sometimes when darkness or shadows come, they rest on the mind. They rest on the heart. They rest on the intellect. Amen. Sometimes it feels like they even get to the very soul of who we are. But under, and we think because we are under a shadow or under darkness that God can't see where we're at or that God is in darkness also. But we have to understand today that he is not moved by your darkness. He is not changed by the darkness even of death. He has power over every spirit of darkness, over every shadow that's ever cast. There is no variableness with God. There's no variation with God. Amen. How many know that people change? Amen. People, uh, relationships change. Jobs change, circumstances change, everything around us changes. The world and this temporary place, how many know that this temporary place is a place of change? It's a place of variableness. It's a place of variation. You just wait a couple minutes and the weather's going to change. It'll be 41 day and five the next. 
Amen. That's because everything that you can see with your natural eye is temporary. The body that you're in right now, it's temporary. It's going to change. I look at all these young people. One of these days you're going to get gray hair. I thought I would always have dark hair. Amen. We age. Huh, Brother Bill. We break down. I was working with Matt and Trent and Luke yesterday, and we got done working six hours, and I couldn't hardly move. I got done six hours. I said, this is quitting time right here. My back was hurting. My legs were hurting. Amen. And Becca said, that job, your FedEx job is pretty easy, huh? (laughs) Amen. Things change. Look at your circumstances. They're going to change. Come on. Amen. Everything that you can see is temporal. That means temporary. That means it's subject to to change. That means one day it could be here and the next day it can be gone. Come on. One day it could be uh, happy and, and everything could be going the way that you want it to go. And then the next day everything can be wrecked and be falling apart. Amen. That's the world that we live in. Amen. Everything that this you can see with your eyes is temporary. It's, it's changeable. It's variable. There's variations of it. Amen. And if you put your hope in that which is temporary and it changes before your eyes, you will be devastated by the change or the, or the turn that your life has taken. Can somebody say amen? That's why I come to preach this morning. We can't put our hope in what we can see. Come on, son. We can't put our hope in things that are natural or things that are earthly. We have to put our hope in something that does not change, in something that will not be altered. Amen. How many know that even the lights of this world change? How many know that the sun comes up and then it sets? Amen. It waxes and it wanes. Sometimes of the year it's real bright. And sometimes it's not so bright. But regardless of what happens here, God never changes. His light never changes. There's always hope in Him. There's always healing in Him. There's always direction in Him. Amen. God is shadowless. (laughs) He's shadowless. Amen. There is no shadow with God. But when those changes take place in our lives, they cast a shadow. Amen. When we have failure, they cast a shadow. Amen. When we have loss, it casts a shadow. When we have fights with our spouse or with our friends, it casts a shadow. Amen. When we lose jobs, it casts shadow because our circumstances on the earth are changing. Amen. If I could ever prepare the young people for anything when it comes to life is that the circumstances you're living in will change. 
Amen. They're going to change. Your body's going to change. Your relationships are going to change. The people you are sitting next to you are going to change. But we have to come to a revelation and a realization today. I got to begin to put my hope in something that's beyond this earth, something that is beyond the change, something that is eternal. The only thing that's going to get me through the valley of the shadow of death is to know that God is with me, is to know that he's never never going to leave me. It's to know that he's got a plan regardless of the pain. Amen. He said, yea, though I walk through. Somebody say through. Quit living in what you're supposed to be going through. Quit living in your failure. You failed. Okay, acknowledge it and move forward. Come on, you fell into sin. You fell into addiction, but don't live there. Come on, somebody. God's got deliverance for you. It's not his plan for you to live your life in the valley. Amen. Sometimes when we go through things, we act like we're never going to get out of it. But that addiction or that thing you're struggling with, understand today, it is temporary, just like this life is. But there's something that's eternal. There's a hope that is beyond this earth. Stand and clap your hands to the Lord, for he's worthy of our praise. Give him praise for his faithfulness. You can be seated. Quit living in what you're supposed to be walking through. Amen. It's time to get out of the shadows. It's time to get beyond the darkness. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, it failed. Yeah, I fell into sin. Yeah, I've, I, I, I almost lost my mind. Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty, and I don't understand why I am where I'm at. But I understand one thing, that he's got a plan for my life. And I know the thoughts that he thinks toward me are good and not evil. And to give me an expected end, somebody has to get a hold of the goodness of God today. Amen. Amen. Some of us are living in shadows. Amen. You've gotten used to living in the shadow. You've become to learn to try to cope with it. You know what I'm talking about. And I want to tell you today, there are a lot of good support groups out there that try to support you in your endeavor to get free. But that's all they can do is support you. They can't deliver you. Amen. Because there's only one way of deliverance. Come on. There's only one way beyond the veil or this fleshly part of myself. And that's Jesus Christ, our Lord, and his blood, and his spirit, and his word. Somebody say amen. Amen. We've learned to cope with the, the shadow. <laughs> Living in the pain. Have you ever had an ailment in your body? <laughs> That's a dumb question. 
let me talk to the older folks. You ever had an ailment in your body and you just thought it was always going to be like that? Come on. You think, am I ever going to get over this? But through the process of time, you learn to deal with the pain. Right? You, whether you're taking Advil on a daily basis. Amen. Trying to cover up the pain. Or uh, whatever it is, you learn to deal with it where the pain is not as severe as it once was. And then it comes to the place where you go to the doctor. Like I've had trouble with my lower back before and, and had it fixed. And, and I forgot what it felt like to be feel good. You know what, Anybody know what I'm talking about? One time I was in a service in Zanesville. I was having severe trouble with my lower back on my right side uh, to the place where I missed weeks of work. I uh, slipped the disc and I could not get free from it no matter what I did. And, and, and the preacher was preaching and he said, somebody in here is having back pain. And if you're having back pain, I want you to raise your left hand and put your right hand on that place on your back. And I'm going to pray for you and God's going to heal it. And the moment I put my hand on the right lower back, he began to speak the word of faith and something moved in the left side of my back and the pain went away completely. I was like, oh, that's what it feels like to be free. Amen. Some of us uh, have dealt with pain for so long, we think this is living normal. We've dealt with darkness for so long, stumbling about, we've learned to deal with it, uh, but that's not the will of God for your life. The will of God for your life is for you to get free from it, to get healed from it, to get totally free. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Praise God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, quit living in the shadows. Quit living in the shadow. Can I tell you a story this morning? There was a lady by the name of Naomi. And she had three sons and husband. And they moved to Egypt because there was no food in Israel. They had a famine. And so she, they took their family and they relocated. It's Moab they went to, not Egypt. That's a different story. Went to Moab to, to live and to try to get what they needed. But through the process of time, her husband died. Not only did her husband die, but her three sons died. Amen. Somebody say, that's, that's bad. They went a place to try to find happiness and security, but all they found was trouble. Amen. She was in a place that she didn't really choose. Her husband and her three sons died, seemingly her whole life. How many know that mothers dedicate themselves to their husbands and to their children? Amen. Seemingly her whole life had been, uh, a shadow had been cast over it. Amen. She was in great grief and despair. 
Amen. She had a couple of daughter-in-laws that came to her and, and she said, you know what? I'm going to go back to my home in, in Israel and uh, uh, you, you all might as well just stay here. Uh, you don't want to be around me because if you hang around me too long, you're going to become like me. Come on, you're going to go through what I'm going through. Uh, you don't want to be around me. I'm just going to return back as a widow, and I'm going to live out the rest of my days uh, under this pain and under this despair. Amen. But one of her daughter-in-law said, you know what? I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to uh, let you go by yourself. Where you go, I will go. Come on, well, what you uh, do, I will do. The God that you serve, I will serve. Your land will become my land, and your God will become my God. Amen. How many know that's Ruth? Ruth went with Naomi back to Israel. Naomi said, you might as well just quit calling me Naomi. Call me Mara. Mara. Which means what? Means bitterness. You might as well just quit calling me Naomi. You might as well just call me by my right name which is bitterness because life has been very bitter to me. She defined herself by the things that happened to her. Amen. She defined who she was by the circumstances that changed in her life. I'm no longer Naomi as people know me I have a different name now because of the things that has happened to me. Amen. Don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. There are people under the sound of my voice that you have renamed yourself by, because of things that have happened to you, because of circumstances that have changed in your life, or because of abuse that has occurred in your world. But understand today that that thing that's happened to you is not the definition of who you are. That's something that you've gone through. Don't live in the valley that you're supposed to be going through. Through the process of time, Ruth became like a daughter to her. Amen. She, she, she told Ruth, go down to the field of Boaz and, and glean in the field. In those days, they would leave the corners of the field, the edges of the field for the widows and for, and for the poor so that they could come, they could glean their own food, uh, their wheat, they could beat it out. They could harvest it, and, and that was their wheat. Amen. They, they had to leave that for the poor. And so she went down to the field of Boaz, and she began to uh, glean in the field of Boaz, getting food for her and Naomi. But through the process of time, Boaz, the owner of the field, took a liking to Ruth. Amen. Who's that? Who's that little honey in the corner of the field? Amen. That's... That's not the way he said it, but you know, I don't know what the words are these days. When I was in school, she's the bomb. She's fly. <laughs> All these young guys are looking at me like, man, you're weird. You know what I'm talking about? He he saw her and he's like. Hey, who is that? Uh, that's her name's Ruth. She's with Naomi. Uh, that's her. Uh, 
That's her daughter-in-law. Her husband has passed away. She's a widow. They're both widows. Okay, well, I want you to let her glean in the field, but start leaving her a little bit of extra. He called them handfuls of purpose. You begin to, because God sees where you're at and what you're going through. And what you have right now may be just enough to get through, but there's some purpose. And what you think you're looking for is fulfillment, but what you're looking for is purpose. Amen. God's got plenty of purpose for you. A purpose is a reason to live. Come on. And so he started leaving her a reason to live, handful by handful. Amen. Little bit by little bit. Come on, just a little bit at a time. He was giving her just a, a one blessing at a time to bring her a little bit closer. I want to tell you, if this is the first time you've been in the field of Boaz, God has a little handful for you to pull you a little bit closer to lead you to your absolute purpose. And you're not going to find it in the field of the world. You're going to find it in the church of the living God, in God's field. There's plenty of purpose to go around, and there's total fulfillment in God. Clap your hands. He's worthy. Just a little bit, just a handful of the reapers as they were reaping the field. They'd see her with her, and they'd just pour out a little pile of you ever see in the kids' movies or whatever, they leave a trail where they want the person to go? God was leaving her a little bit of a trail. Amen. To lead her to what was always destined to be hers. A little bit of trouble can't keep you from what God has for you. A change in your circumstances can't keep you from what God has for your life if you don't let it. Come on, understand. Somebody needs to say, I'm going to quit living in my bitterness. I'm going to quit living in my trouble and start reaching for the purpose that God is pouring out for me. Amen. Little by little, she began to come near into Boaz. It wasn't too long. Boaz wanted to make her his wife. Amen. All the time, Naomi is still living in underneath the definition of what she thought her life would always be. But understand, it was Naomi that pointed Ruth to the field of Boaz. Ruth drew nigh to Boaz. Bo How many know Boaz was in the lineage of the king? Jesus Christ. Read it. It wasn't long. Ruth was married to Boaz, and the field that she was gleaning in, she owned. That's how God is. Amen. If you're willing to try to move past your struggle or what you're dealing with or that darkness that's resting upon your life, that shadow that's been cast on your mind or on your heart, if you have a desire to move past it, God has a plan. Come on. He's got the plan for your life. He's got the purpose for your life. He'll lead you in the right path. He'll take you where you were always purposed to be. Somebody say amen. It wasn't long that... Ruth got pregnant. 
and she had a little baby. Amen. She brought that little baby to Naomi. Naomi's the one who renamed herself Mara in the bitterness. Now Naomi's living under the blessing of Boaz also. And this little baby that Ruth was born of Ruth and Boaz, the Bible says that when she laid her in Naomi's hands, Naomi saw the blessing of moving out of Moab back to Israel. And she looks at Ruth and she said, you have been more of a blessing to me than 10 sons. Think about it. The blessing that she was receiving at that point in her life made what she went through look like nothing. Come on. I want to tell you today that what God has for you is far greater than what you've been through. Come on. The level of happiness and fulfillment and satisfaction that he has for your life is greater than the trouble that you've been through. Somebody's got to get a hold of this. The deliverance and the freedom that he has for your life is greater than the addiction or the stronghold that you're feeling right now, but you got to get a hold of it. I'm not going to stay where I'm at. I'm going to reach for the Lord. I'm going to get a hold of what he has, and I'm going to walk through the valley. Somebody say amen. Praise God. So much so, this is going to seem a little weird to some of you, but I'm going to try to make it not weird. <laughs> Naomi was kind of old, and when a woman has a baby, Maybe I should have Becca come up and sit down. She's like, no way. <laughs> Maybe we should turn the live stream on. When a woman has a baby, her body goes through a preparation process, which prepares her to feed that baby. Okay. It's one of the greatest blessings in the world for a mother to be able to nurse her child. Amen. They say that when a, when a child nurses with its mother, that it creates an eternal bond, a bond that cannot be broken. Amen. Because not only is she drawing food from them, she's making an, a connection with that child. Amen. That's real. And so as Ruth had the baby, and no doubt her body was going through the process of preparing to be nursed to that child. But the Bible says that when Naomi got that baby in her hands, that her body went through that process in her old age, and she became nursed to that child. Now, what does that mean? That means that God's going to put something in you that's going to be for somebody else. Amen. The purpose is not necessarily for you because when she pointed Ruth to her purpose, it came full circle back to her and that baby that was born through Boaz and Ruth became a blessing to her body. She became nurse to that baby and she began to give back to something that was greater than her. I want to tell you today, the purpose is the answer. You got to point 
people to their purpose. Amen. Amen. Naomi's life, yeah, was filled with some struggle. She went through a, a rough patch. She lived a big part of her life in bitterness. But just because you're in a place right now doesn't mean you're going to be there the whole time. It doesn't mean it's forever. It doesn't mean that it's never going to end. You're in a valley of a shadow, and it's time to come out. It's time to get out of the depression, to get out of the offense, to get out of the self-pity, to get out of the addiction, to get out of the struggle and move towards God and say, I want to give back. I still have something to give. Stand to your feet all around the building and lift your hands to the Lord for he's worthy. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now. God's moving in this house today. Amen. God is with you. He is for you and he's not against you. That thing that developed in your life as you saw as trouble or as darkness was not sent by God, but he's there with you in the middle of it. Mm. Huh. It's time to get out of the shadows. How many know sometimes our past can cast a shadow? And we allow it to, what, what we've done to define who we are and where we're going. But God sent me here to preach to you this morning to let you know that your life's not over. Because there's still something in you to give. Come on, God's got a purpose for your life. The fact that you're standing in this building today, the fact that you're here today, is an indication that God's still got a plan for your life. God's hand is still upon you, He hasn't given up. Amen. You may have given up on life. You may have given up on relationships. Given up on the call of God. But God hasn't. Just because you're living in a place of shadow right now doesn't mean that the eyes of God are blinded to where you're at. He's seen you the whole time. We have not a high priest which can't be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. That means we have a high priest which can be touched with the feeling of your weaknesses and your struggles that you're going through right now. Last week I preached it. Jesus Christ is attractive to your pain. Amen. He's there waiting for you to turn to him and to reach for him waiting for you to acknowledge his plan for your life. To acknowledge the fact that he is there with you even in the middle of your struggle.
If I could force it into you today, I would. I would because I know how valuable a relationship with God is. And I know what it's done for my life. Just recently, two years ago, I went through something I never saw coming. Amen. Serving the Lord, preaching the gospel, trying to live right and be right. I was in an accident that almost took my life. Could have took my life. I ran into the back of a semi at 70 mile an hour. Didn't see it coming. Didn't hit the brakes. The guy said he had his lights on, but The, the state patrol came out to my house to write me a ticket. And he said, I was the first one on the scene. And he said, when I saw that vehicle, I knew I prepared myself because I knew the person in there was dead. But he said, when I looked in the vehicle, there was a cocoon. It was like you were in a cocoon. And that vehicle just wrapped right around you as if there was, this is his words, not mine, as if there was an angel that covered you at the moment of impact. It busted my leg up, my left leg. No head injuries, no back injuries, no neck injuries. Amen. Why do I got to go through this? Why the struggle? Why the pain? I don't have the answer to everything, but I know this. God's with me. And if God's for me, if God is for me, whom should I fear? Come on, if God is for me, what circumstances can stand against me? I want it to every person in the building. I don't care if it's the first time you've been to this church. God's got a plan for your life. I don't know your past. I don't know what you've been through or what you're struggling with. But God's got a plan for your life. And he made provision for you today by sending you a word to let you know your life is not over. Your circumstances are not forever. He's got a plan for your life. That shadow that's been cast over your mind and over your spirit, that's not forever. God has power over that. He has power over every spirit of darkness, every spirit of depression. All you got to do today is reach for him. He's the answer. Amen. Right now, as we all close our eyes, lift our hands. We're going to begin to sing. I'm going to open this altar up right now. You know who you are. If you want to pull close to God right now, if your life has been a little bit of bitterness, your life has been a struggle, your last several years of your life, you don't know how you even have made it through or how you're still alive. I want to tell you today that it's not God's will for you to live there. It's time to get out of the shadows. It's time to move towards God. It's time to walk through that valley. Get out of that valley and reach for your purpose right now. In the name of Jesus.
that's you right now, why don't you step out of your pew, lift your hands to God, make your way to the front of this church. Come on, come on, saints, and say, God, I want your plan for my life. I want your purpose for my life. My life is not my own. I don't want to call the shots anymore. I don't have the answers for the paths that are before me, God. I need you, Lord, to intervene in my circumstances. You will go before me. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. You will never him. I am not alone. Come on, reach for him. I am not alone. You will go for me. You will never leave me. He's got healing for your heart. I am not alone. Come on. He's got deliverance for your captivity. He's got you healing for every right now. Lift your hands and pray. God, I'm yours. I'm not my own anymore, Lord. I turn towards you. I've made some bad decisions. I've done some things that aren't right. God, I ask you to forgive me, God. And I, I pray for your blessing upon my life. I pray for your blood to cover my sin and wash my sin away. In the name of Jesus, I'm moving towards you, Lord. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.